This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up on today's Talk About Flow podcast, I'm going to be joined by good buddy, recurring guest Joe from New York City, at Buffalo Wins on Twitter. Plenty to talk about today, especially Buffalo Bills stuff. And I'll tell you what, after Monday Night Football, folks, Josh Allen, MVP talk, no longer premature. Season's not early anymore. We're 12 games in. Josh Allen is right there with Patrick Mahomes, with Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about why Josh Allen deserves to be right there with them in any MVP conversation. Joe tells us why he thinks that Josh Allen and Jim Kelly comparisons, you knew they were coming. They're here. Joe talks about why he thinks they suck. We'll talk about why Cole Beasley and especially Stefan Diggs have meant so, so much to Josh Allen's continued development. Uh, Joe and I have a nice little Buffalo Bills potential week 17 scenario where maybe the Bills aren't playing for the AFC East division anymore because they would have that locked up, but they could be playing for the second overall seed. We disagree and debate on what Sean McDermott should and will do under that scenario. We talk about why Joe's been suspended from tweeting again and why he doesn't care about the NHL. All kinds of stuff coming up. Plenty more. Gotta warn you though. So I have a backup recorder and that's what you're going to hear with this audio today, folks. Usually I have this software on my computer, but I realized after the fact it crashed. So the audio is not pristine. It's not at its best, but it's certainly legible. So hopefully you'll still enjoy that. I'll have all that coming up with Joe in just a minute. Before that, though, I want to let you know that today's show is being supported by Sounds Assured. So check it out. It seems that everyone has a podcast today. I listen to a ton of them myself when I'm not doing my own. And the biggest mistake that I hear, and I can almost instantly tell many people make this mistake. You go out, you spend all your money on these fancy mics and these boom arms, and these interfaces, mixers, all kinds of recording devices. Well, here's the problem. You get all this stuff, and you don't actually treat the recording environment that you're recording in. I'm talking about mainly the walls and the ceiling, and as a result, the audio sounds pretty crappy. Look, you need to invest in acoustic treatments that make the gear that you spend this money on thrive. Sounds Assured has top-notch acoustic foam, I know this personally because some of my own home studio has wedges that are outfitted from Sounds Assured. It's available in multiple sizes, very, very reasonably priced, and most importantly, and this is not something you should forget about, it's good quality. Not the cheaper Amazon stuff that might look nice, but it doesn't help you. This stuff actually works. Again, folks, invest in your audio the right way. Visit SoundsAssured.com. Give them a call. Someone will be happy to discuss your needs with you. So do yourself, do your audio production a huge favor. Go check out soundsassured.com. And on that note, let's do it. See, you know when I walk out here, Woo! 
at what we have come to know as championship material. All right, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to episode 276, Talk About Full Podcast. Big thank you to everybody out there, as always, for continuing to listen. Download Sports Show. Got my man Joe at Buffalo Wins on Twitter, recurring guest with me today. A fixture on Twitter, however, not lately. What's going on, bro? Why are you suspended from Twitter? Well, um, I think last Saturday... I saw someone, R.T. Trump, you know, my boy, my buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. The the orange piece of shit president of the United States of America for the, for the next 40 days or so. Uh, and all I said was, I added Trump, and I just said, I hope you fall into a volcano. And after I, I've, after I tweeted that, I, you know, put my phone down. It was, I think I was watching something with my lady. And, uh... I checked Twitter again, maybe like two minutes later. Uh, and next thing you know, I have this like alert that you, I, I forgot what the fuck it said. It said something along the lines of like, you know, you're on, you're on, you're on timeout right now because of this tweet. And I deleted the tweet because it told me to thinking like, okay, this would give me like amends or whatever. So I deleted it. And then the next thing I know, it had this screen grab that says you cannot tweet for the next six days and 24 hours. And this is the second, or this is either the second or third time that's happened to me, uh, all within like the last three or four months. And they've all been because I've tweeted at one of Trump's shitty people. Uh, I think one time I, tr- I tweeted to Eric Trump, the, the, the dumb, the, 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 su- the super dumb Trump, like not the regular dumb Trump. Something probably a little bit more volatile and uh, like maybe like you're a fucking idiot or something like that. And then like it came up like a warning, like I couldn't tweet for a day. And this one was a bad one, I guess, which is super weird because I have seen way more people at Trump or at Stefan Mahailu or at anyone in, in, in politics-wise. Worse things than, hey, I hope you fall into a volcano, which... You've said worse than that and gotten away with it. Yeah, exactly. But, like, some asshole reported my tweet. I don't know if it was one of his fans or, like, that just follows him or if it was someone that follows me and follows Trump, because I'm sure I have a bunch of, I may have some Trumpers who follow me for my bill stakes and secretly hate me or who knows. Uh, but yeah, it sucks. I'm not happy. I haven't been able to really tweet since, uh, you know, we're recording today on Tuesday. I haven't been able to tweet since Saturday. And I didn't even really tweet that much on Saturday. It was like one tweet I had that day, which it was funny because I, that day <clears throat> I was talking to my friend, Kevin, he's, he's Buffalo blog at Buffalo blog. And we were talking about like like donating money like to Josh Norman. Josh Norman has this really cool thing that he's doing where businesses affected by COVID, he's doing like a foundation for. So I had tweeted, hey, I donated money to this guy, to this cause. I think everyone should. And then of course an hour later I get I get blocked for you know in the next week. So <laughs> like my one good tweet of me being nice that day, and like I can't, you know, it, that's it. And then afterwards I get I get fucked. So yes. <laughs> Dipshit Trump and his stupid MAGA idiots uh, couldn't handle me saying, I hope you fall into a volcano. Did, okay. it, did it bother you not being able to tweet a little bit about the game on Monday night? Now, for everyone listening, Joe and I are friends on Facebook as well. And Joe and fellow recurring guest, good friend of mine, Aaron Quinn, had kind of had this whole 
Josh Allen passing yards thing going in relations to wins. And Joe hit me up on Facebook and made me, on his behalf, tweet out to Aaron that the Bills are now 6-0 and when Josh Allen throws for at least 300 yards. I thought that was pretty funny that you saw to it to hit me up on Facebook to make sure that I got to tweet at Aaron Quinn on Twitter about that stat. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I wasn't going to let that die because uh, Twitter put, put me in timeout. The thing is, the funny thing, Pat, is like when you're in Twitter timeout, I can DM people. So I had a few people like DM me and like, where the hell are you? And I'm like, I can respond and go, yeah, I'm suspended. So I did DM Aaron during, I think I did DM before the game to say like, I think I called him a douche for whatever reason. I just decided. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never, I haven't been suspended yet ever from Twitter. I have lost posting ability on Facebook before, but it wasn't for the same reasons as you. It oh, was really? because back, well, back in the day when I had my own blog, I had my Buffalo sports daily blog. Every time I would write something, I would go on every single Buffalo bills board. Actually, you know oh. what? I'm wrong. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm wrong. It's not bills related. It's actually semi-current. With my, with my Moranalytics.com blog, I was doing my 80s music countdown, okay? So every day sure. I was dropping, I did a top 100 songs of the 80s. And as soon as I would post it on my, um, well, now it's Talk Buffalo podcast, Facebook page, I went on, I, I subscribed to like tons of 80s pages. And the only reason why I do that is so I could share my columns or my articles, mm-hmm. I should say, on all those. And I got flagged for doing that shit. So actually uh-huh. that happened like once or twice. So I couldn't post on Facebook. You have to be suspended on Twitter, though. So, you know, congratulations to you for that. Yeah. So now I, I I'm, I'm kind of worried. I don't. I'm, I'm done adding Trump. Whenever I see him, like on Twitter, I'll just, I'll, I'll live vicariously through the other hundred people I follow. <laughs> you feel like you got an X on your back now? Say again. Do you feel like you got an X on your back now? Like someone's targeting you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I do. I have, a, I have over like. I don't know how many. Have you ever looked at how many people you have muted on your Twitter thing? Or I don't know if you if you you are a big muter. I I I barely. I'm not going to say I never do because there's a couple exceptions, but it is very, very rare that I do that. Why do you got a lot? Uh, yeah, I think I can look at this. You now. muted me at one point. I remember that. When did I mute you? <laughs> I don't know. The year or so ago, you got mags. I didn't have you on during the season, so you said fuck off. Oh yeah, yeah, cause you, yeah, cause you, yeah, because you, yeah, because you, yeah, yeah. Fuck you for that. You had Aaron Quinn on every week <laughs> during like a really good season, and I, I had my festive day like yelling at you. I appreciate. It. Okay, so I have two hundred and fifteen accounts muted right now. Really, two hundred fifteen yes, accounts, and they're through Bill's Twitter. Like it's definitely like Bill's Twitter people. Like not like. You know, I, I I may have, I think I have like Clay Travis muted and like he's an asshole writer, but you know, I, I think I have that, the, the, the dipshit in charge of Barstool, your boy, uh, whatever the heck his name is. I think I have him muted and like, but like the rest are all people who have interacted with me over the years that are on like Bill's Twitter or, or dickheads. And I'm like, yeah, get off my, get I, off my feet. I only have six, six muted accounts right now. And I have, uh. I'm looking at blocked. I have six blocked accounts too. That's all I have. And it's, I think it's more just because I'm kind of lazy. I'm too lazy. I probably yeah. should just to get rid of some of the annoying shit that goes on. But, uh, yeah. Well, so just, I, I, I'm going to give a shout out to some of these people that I've muted. Cause I'm a dick. Uh, Tim Loudon. I don't know who you are, but you're muted and you have a blue check mark. Joey P Buffalo Sabres hockey. You're muted. 
uh, Chief Advocate Underworld, you're muted. Johnny G with four seven three three zero seven six three. That has to be a bot. He's muted. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch in here. I can, <laughs> I can go uh, going an entire podcast with just the people you've muted. Yes, we just read the, through this podcast. Like, yeah, uh, Art Van, Art Van five nine six five seven seven three. He goes by Big Willie. That's definitely a douchey name. He's muted. Uh, Let me ask you this: While you're uh, looking that up, let me ask you this: Are there anyone significant that you know that you're, if not muted, that somebody who's blocked you? That's significant. Yeah, well, I told you, like, I block people who block me back. So Paul Hamilton has me blocked. Uh, Eric Turner has me blocked. Cover One has me blocked. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I'm blocked by. Hold on one second. Let's look at this real quick. This is this is riveting podcasting right here. I have 84 accounts blocked. Really? And I'm yeah, 84. And I'm pretty sure of these, maybe like two or three like had me blocked first, you know what I mean? So like, like, or, or I blocked them out of like, out of like, fuck you. Like, you know, even though they didn't block me first, I, I have that rule. Like, look, if you block me, you get blocked, you know, the end. That's, that's just how it works. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Let's get into uh some Buffalo bills talk here. A big, big win on Monday night in front of the nation. Uh, we'll kind of go over some, at least a couple things individually, but, I'm going to start here and I'm going to give you like my big takeaway from the game. Then I want to get your thoughts on this. And for me, it's like, let's not stress too much. Like it's time for once, instead of worrying about what's coming up next or if this team's for real, just like enjoy that kind of win, man. I, they look good in front of a national audience on Monday night football. Um, You know, watching on national TV firsthand that, you know, the bills are capable of, being really good when, when things are working and then a lot of fun to watch. They got a quarterback right now with Josh Allen. If he's not elite, he's virgin on it for sure. And you know, the defense still don't feel right to me, but if nothing else, they're at least capable of making some big plays and they got enough of them to get the job done Monday. And the big takeaway for me is this, Joe, I, I think the season, at least for me, maybe for you, it began with the expectation of, Making the playoffs again. I think that's how it started. And I and I think realistically, it was fair to hope that they were going to be a strong contender for the division title. But after what I'm seeing right now, and again, you take away that Hail Mary, they're 10 and 2. Uh, you know, I, I think the expectation is this team is capable of competing and maybe, hell, even beating anyone they play in the playoffs, especially if they're going to get this Josh Allen that we saw on Monday night. I don't care if it's the Chiefs or Pittsburgh or Tennessee or whoever. I think they can beat anybody right now. Are you ready to go that far? Or do you think I should be pumping the brakes at least a little bit at this point? Uh, no, I, I think they can be, they can go against anyone right now. Like yeah. it's, an, and, and I think it is more, it's a, it's a byproduct of both the league, you know, and they are, you know, in this case, the com, AFC conference as a whole and the bills. Like it's, I, I'm not blown away by anyone in the AFC really. I mean, maybe, the Chiefs worry me the most, obviously, because I, I do kind of feel – I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about this, and he brought up, like, the Golden State Warrior, Warriors analogy, where Golden State used to kind of always coast through the regular season, and then when the playoffs were there, they got dialed in. And I feel like maybe that's the Chiefs right now a little bit, because over the last month, they haven't been nearly as good, and maybe they're just of the mindset of, hey, we're just going to chill – 
We'll get in, and then we'll, we'll turn it up a notch. Uh, that's the team I'm worried the most about, uh, you know, for them to, to take out. But I think they could beat any team right now. They're playing really well right now offensively. The offense is just, you know, Josh Allen is just uh, – he's on another planet right now. And, like, he is so good. I think that's kind of, like, my biggest takeaway against San Francisco defense. It's, that's pretty – you know, not too shabby. I know they have some injuries. But that that's that's a defense that's been known to be pretty good. I mean, they they really they did a good job last week against the Rams, you know, with shutting them down or, or slowing them down when the Rams were really hot. And I think, aside from the Josh Allen takeaway, I also took away that Cole Beasley. That guy is just, he's just a man right now. Yeah. And like I, I I never really had too much of a of a respect factor for him. I just kind of thought, okay, yeah, he's he's this slot guy. Whatever he'll get like he'll get like sixty catches for for twenty feet. You know what I mean? He's just gonna get those little like quick quick passes. But he's been incredible as of as of late. But that's like the the big takeaway. Just the passing game, it keeps going and going and going, and it's just it's been that way for most of the season. Besides like a couple of games where they kind of struggled. But this is like this is a new uh, this is a new age uh, offense that we haven't seen in, or, in we haven't seen in Buffalo in twenty years basically. Yeah. You know, I want to walk back what you said about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, for an example, because I think you're 100% right. Yeah, they're 11-1, and they did beat the Bills. In fact, I think that was the Bills' worst game of the year, to be honest with you. But if you look at a lot of these wins right now, I mean, they're not blowing teams away. They only beat Denver by less than a score, Tampa less than a score. They split against Vegas. Uh, you know, so, like I said, they beat the Bills 26-17. A lot of close games. They, they only beat the Chargers by a field goal early in the year. But that is a fair point. I like that kind of that, uh, that analogy with the Golden State Warriors that, you know, maybe they're a little bit on cruise control right now. But anyway, I do. I think this team could play with anybody. We'll talk about Pittsburgh in a few minutes here. But uh, circling back to Josh Allen, look, 32 of 40, 375, four touchdowns. It doesn't take a smart person to say that he was good. But it wasn't just last night. I feel like last night was, you know, the nation confirming what a lot of Bills fans already know now he hasn't played at this level for the entire season but man dude you look at these numbers for the year 69.9 percent of his passes are being completed which by the way fourth in the entire nfl only drew Brees, teddy bridgewater and russell wilson have a better completion percentage this year than josh allen to me that's borderline shocking uh 3400 passing yards already 26 touchdowns eight interceptions he's added six on the ground I feel like, you know, we've talked about it throughout the season. Maybe he was like kind of on the, the outskirts of being it. But we're three quarters of the way through the NFL season now. To me, it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. Those are the three biggest contenders for NFL MVP. I don't think it's like fantasy talk anymore. I think this guy is a legitimate MVP candidate right now. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, we. I think we've been we've been saying that. I think the last time I was on your podcast, we talked about it like. But didn't it feel he, early though, Joe? Didn't it feel like we were still being really premature by saying that? I, whereas now it's not really premature anymore. There's only four games left. I mean, maybe a little bit, I guess. I mean, look, it's it's very, huh, you know, when you're a Bills fan, like you and I both are. I mean, we're both. I like to think of ourselves as as objective Bills fans. You know, where we we don't get too we don't get too high. We don't get too low. I mean, we, maybe we do at certain points, but then, like, give it a day, we'll reset. 
and go, okay, this is how we feel. I think when you have like such a history with the Bills where like it's always like that Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown trying to kick it, you always feel like that the other shoe's gonna drop on you at some point. Like this it's it's too good to be true, you know, with anyone. And I think that's kind of what happens when you have like the drought that like where everything is like the, the next best thing is this guy or that guy, and it always ends up, you know, they, they show you a little bit, then they fall, you know, and that's, you know, so I think kind of at times, you know, me, you know, specifically, you know, I, I've had to wait a little bit to really open up to Josh Allen and go, okay, yeah, he's showing progress, but he could step he could t- take a step back. But I'm pretty confident, like, I don't know if he's going to be like, you know, MVP candidate going forward for the next 10 years, but I'm pretty confident that he's going to be a top 10, top 12 quarterback going forward. You know, with what he's done and just like he just looks so these aren't I don't know, like, you know, to like examine how a quarterback works, like MVP candidates like over the years. But like he's not like a one trick pony. He's a guy who can throw deep the intermediate passes like the underneath passes, the screen game. You know, if you're going to blitz Josh Allen, he's going to burn you. If you're going to play zone, he's going to burn you. You know, he everything that these defenses have thrown to him he's been able to just shake them off, you know, for the most part. And, yeah, maybe something does happen where, you know, I, I can we, – you and I can recite NFL quarterbacks within, like, the last five years who were great, and then, like, they took a couple steps back, like Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, you know, and obviously let's hope he doesn't go into, like, kind of that direction, and who knows if those guys will rebound possibly, but – you know, a part of it is if you want to, like, fully embrace any player, I, I feel like it's a little bit difficult sometimes because of the Bills' history with, like, you know, okay, do we really trust this guy? But, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go on a limb and say, yeah, I do trust Josh Allen. Like, he's an MVP candidate right now. He's the reason why they are where they are right now. Cole Beasley, up until this point, I used him as an example, is a guy who prior to this season – he really didn't do much in Dallas. He was a guy like who would get like like 50, 60 catches, barely get over like 700 yards, where now he's probably going to be over 1,000 yards. And he's having career games, like 100-yard games here, 100-yard games there. They're making a rookie fourth-round draft pick look really good in the offense. And what's his name? Gabriel Davis. What's his name? I always forget. The, oh, the, 13, the guy who wears 13. What's his name? Gabe, Gabriel Davis, yeah. Gabriel Davis. I almost had it right. Whatever. Yeah, Gabriel Davis. Like it. Fourth round rookie rookie wide receivers don't really make an impact, and this guy has made an impact. You know, John Brown isn't even playing right now, and you and I, we've said it on record. He's a very important part of the passing game, and we just saw him. We just saw a game without John Brown where the offense looked really good without him, and I think that's a testament to Josh Allen. And it's it's just, it's been fun to watch. I mean, it's so weird like to see a, a passing offense in Buffalo. Like it's the best. It's the best passing offense we've seen since Bledsoe and then going back to prior to Kelly. And we're talking about two two or three different eras of football, but that's how good the passing offense has been. Yeah, for sure. And look, I mean, you could have it both ways. He's having an MVP caliber season, but you could also say that it's entirely premature. And I'm seeing a lot of this on social media as we tape this on Tuesday based on Monday night's game where people are starting to compare him to Jim Kelly already, and in some cases, favorably. I think that's a little bit absurd over the course of a career because, I mean, you threw out a couple examples yourself. Just a couple years ago, Carson Wentz was having an MVP season. 
And look, he's falling off. He's not even starting this week for Philly. Uh, five years ago, Cam Newton was the NFL MVP. Look at him now. Shit, man. One year ago, Lamar Jackson was the rage of the NFL. And he's struggling this year. Two years ago, it was all about Jared Goff. And he hasn't been the same since. So it's a little premature to say that this guy's going to be a great quarterback or an elite quarterback maybe for years to come. But when you take this season into perspective, man, I mean, you look at the numbers. Jim Kelly's best season of his career, his entire career, and this is hard to believe, but 3,844 yards, he did that back in 1991. Josh Allen's going to pass that. We're probably two games to spare this year, most likely. So I'm looking at the numbers now. Like Josh Allen's already eighth in single season passing yards in Bill's history. Uh, the record's Drew Bledsoe. He had 4,359 back in 2002. Allen needs to average 239 yards per game over his last four games to break Drew Brees's or um, Drew Bledsoe's record. He's got 26 touchdown passes this year, which is already tied with Joe Ferguson for the second most in history. Kelly had the record 33 back in 91. Again, Josh Allen needs seven in his last four games to, uh, to do that. So simply put, what I'm getting at here is Josh Allen's on pace right now to have the best passing season in franchise history. To me, it's just incredible to me that I could think back to many conversations I've had with many guests on the show, including yourself, before the season started. And I think it was a fair question and maybe even a bigger question to ask, is Josh Allen going to get that fifth-year option exercised, you know, or is he going to play well enough to get a, a big contract? I really don't think that's a question anymore at all. Yeah, he's he's definitely getting that that extension. They may even at this point go to like beyond the five-year extension and give him like the Trey White, like we're going to – Yeah, he's going to get gonna, paid. Uh, say again? Yeah, he's going to get paid big time. I mean, yeah, let me just say this though. I, you bring up the Jim Kelly, the comparison to that. I, I hate that comparison, and I, I'm going to tell you it's not for the reasons you think. I think comparing any current bill to the '90s is just stupid. Okay, it's a com- two completely different eras where it's in like Jim Kelly in today's offense would probably be like setting records, you know, in terms of what because it's so much easier for teams to pass now. And also, I, I think it's – I don't know, man. I, 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 I feel like we need to, like, kind of move on from that era because for years, dude, I have read, I have seen or heard every commentary that this guy reminds me of Jim Kelly or this guy reminds me of Thurman or this reminds me of, like, the 90s Bills. Like, always, like, just shut up. No, no offense to you, Pat. I know you're, like, you, you know, it's, it's, it, you're not the only person to do that. Everyone does that. And I, I just think it's old, it's low-hanging fruit. Like, it's just too. It's just it's thirty years ago. That era doesn't even commute compute into today, today's NFL. That's fair. And, vice, and I just don't. And I think another thing too. I don't care if Josh Allen breaks all the, the quarterback records in franchise history. You know why? Because the quarterback ratings and numbers in this franchise are really outside of Jim Kelly. It's really fucking pathetic. You know what I mean? Like, it's not good at all. You should compare him to what – don't compare – I've said this before. Don't compare the Bills' offenses to, like, the Bills' offenses of 10, 15, even five years ago. Compare them to where they are now with the rest of the league. I was looking this up because I'm a big I'm a big fan of, like, on pay, not on pace stats, but, like, where Josh Allen is in terms of third-year quarterbacks. And I was looking this up today – 
like of where he's at for third third year starters. Like how good of a third year is he having in comparison to other quarterbacks in the last twelve years who had third in their third years? And you know he's in the top three in touchdown passes, touchdown yards, and yards per attempt. And that's like that's like Andrew Luck, that's Pat Mahomes, that's like the, think of all the quarterbacks who have come through the last twelve years and then like are in their third years, like the third year seasons. That's how good he's been. He's I don't care about the Kelly stuff or, or like him beating out freaking whatever Bledsoe or Ferguson. I care about what he's doing now in this era of football. And he's he's up there right now where, you know, he's getting better. Hopefully he keeps progressing. But, like, his numbers speak for themselves in just in terms of what he's done for a third-year guy and, like, comparing that to other third-year guys over the last 10 years, which is, I think, the appropriate way to comp- compare him to anyone. Compare him to this era of, like, the last 10 years. Don't go all – I know, like, when you go back to the 90s, Bills, it's, it makes everyone – it makes the boomers like you and me feel good, except me, I guess. Like, where I'm like, okay, I don't really care about feeling about the nostalgia point. You know, it's about what he's doing now, turning the page forward. And I think that's where we're at right now with him. You know, and he's he's proven me wrong. Like, you know, I, I wasn't the biggest hater of his. I, I kind of hated his fans. That that was what pissed me off the most. I probably would have liked him a lot more if I wasn't on Twitter and and saw people adding everyone and being angry about you know, lack of respect. Uh, but now, like, I guess, you know, like, like I said before, like the Allen Staines can kind of toot their own horn and be talking proud, if you will, because of how well he's been doing. But yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a hell of a, a talent right now. And it's just amazing how well he's progressed. It's, it's, you make very fair points. It is unfair to take a quarterback from this era and, and compare him with somebody from 30 years ago for lots of reasons. First of all, you know, they had the cake on offense, but the Bills were also a very good running football team 30 years ago or so. Um, receivers, back then, if the ball wasn't in the air, you can get molested. You know what I mean? Whereas now, you can't, you're only going to touch them once beyond five yards. So, coverages were a lot different, and this is definitely more of a passing league than ever. And I, and I do agree. I think it's a more fair comparison to say, well, what's he doing compared to what Aaron Rodgers is doing than what Jim Kelly did for you know, Buffalo 30 years ago. And I, and, I, and I actually agree with you that I don't like the comparisons for that reason as well. But anyway, regardless, forget about 30 years ago. We're going to talk about now. You hit on Cole Beasley. I mean, nine catches for 130 yards and a touchdown against Frisco. He's already up to 66 catches for just under 800 yards and four touchdowns. He's going to, if he stays healthy this last month, he's going to easily surpass his best year of his career, which was, uh, 2016 with Dallas. So he's been fantastic. But yeah, you can't talk about Josh Allen and the success he's having without mentioning Stefan Diggs right next to it because to me, they're very much interlocked. The dude had 10 catches again last night. He's got 90 catches for over 1,000 yards already this year. Uh, he's tied with Keenan Allen for the most catches in the NFL, fourth in yards, second in targets, only to Keenan Allen. This guy's just unbelievable, man. I mean, again, we can go back and talk about team records that he's on the verge of setting, but I agree with you, you know, different time, different era, but I'll tell you, he is the complete package. He He's productive. He catches the ball. He's an amazing route runner and he's a hell of a blocker. That touchdown that Dawson Knox caught last night, Monday night, that was on a block by, um, by Diggs. He laid himself out. I mean, this is just a complete player, man. He's, he's the toughest nails. 
I knew he was going to be going again to Buffalo, but I never imagined he'd be this good. He, to me, if you took Josh Allen out of the equation, because he's definitely the team MVP, I think Stephon Diggs would be second on my list for Bill's team MVP this year. What do you think? Oh, I without question. He, I think if you want to look at the, you know, we talk about like growth of Josh Allen, like why is he growing? Like, you know, maturity, knows the system better. It, I think a big, the big part of it really is Stephon Diggs. Like Diggs is, Diggs is just a monster. I mean, he's going to, he's going to have over a hundred catches. He's going to, he's going to be a 13, 1400 yard wide receiver. Probably he just could do so many good things. Like you just said, and it opens up other things for other quarterbacks. Like where to, like, we got going back to Cole Beasley. Like how much do you think like Cole Beasley having like the, the season he's having now is because he has a really good wide receiver next to him. He never really had that he, in Dallas. I mean, he had Des Bryant a few times, but, like, he did have him without Des as well. But, like, he didn't have that, like, crazy good guy next to him as much as, as Diggs is right now. And I think that opens it up for a lot of other wide receivers. That's why I think Gabriel Davis is having a good year. But, like, that's how good the, the, the Bills are at wide receiver. They invested in the, in the position, a position they really – you know, haven't invested that much over the years, or or if they did, there was always a, a, a kind of like a butt afterwards. Like, hey, they they picked Sammy Watkins number four, but Watkins got hurt, you know, and had inconsistency issues or maybe character issues. Who knows? But like, they invested into that with spending money on, on Beasley and John Brown, and then they got they drafted a guy in the fourth round. They got Diggs. They traded a first for. They have put so many weapons for for you know, Josh Allen the throw to, you know, in this in this third year of his. So it's just been a very you know, Diggs though is like you said, he is I yeah, he's definitely the second best player on this team if you take Allen out of the MVP equation. He's he's your next he's your next guy. Yeah, I mean look, you take the top quarterbacks like Mahomes and Rogers because that's what I said to me, it's a three horse race. Now that could change in the next month. Josh Allen could play like shit or one of the other guys can or somebody else can really catch fire, like, say, maybe a Russell Wilson. But right now, it's Mahomes, it's Rodgers, and it's Allen. And you look at Kansas City. I mean, Mahomes, he's got Hill. That makes that offense go. And Aaron Rodgers as Devontae Adams. To me, Stephon Diggs is just as valuable to Josh Allen as either of those guys are to, to them. And by the way, the running game is almost non-existent. Singletary ran for, like, 60 yards on 18 carries. But my, I guess... This offense is so good, and they're throwing the ball so well, and Brian Dable is dialing up so many good plays, and they have so much trust in Josh Allen that I never thought I'd be saying it like this, but it's like, I don't give a shit about the running game. Who cares about the running game? They don't need a running game. Their best running game right now is Josh Allen throwing the ball on first down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm not... You say that now, and I understand that logic, but I do worry... If it's one of those, if it's one of those times when, like, and we talked about this, I think in the last podcast, where like if the weather gets really shitty, and like the, the Bills start worrying that they can't pass in the in the bad weather, and then they go conservative, and I'm not saying you can't, you should do that or not. I think you could you could throw in bad conditions, but that's when I get I would get worried, you know, about the running game because like they're yes. They're playing in, in – if they were playing in a dome year-round, like, yeah, Pat, I'd be like, fuck it. Like, let's, split, let's do the run and shoot, you know, and then, like, have everyone split wide. 
you know, but like I, I do worry a little bit if it starts getting colder, wind, snow, they could get worried. And then they could be like, hey, we can't, we have to have a game plan where we're not going to throw the ball 40 times. We got to even it out a little bit. That's where I get a little bit worried about the running game. If it be, if it has to be used, you know what I mean? Because other teams are, because of the weather possibly. And maybe there there could be days where, they do shut down Josh Allen. I mean, against the Chargers, Josh Allen wasn't very, you know, he wasn't th- throwing up a lot of numbers against the Chargers, but the Bills running game was pretty I th- good. I think that's because they were almost overcommitted to the running game against the Chargers. There's not a lot of teams in the NFL, or that'll be in the playoffs especially, that I think are really that good at running the football. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I- you're right about, I'm not saying you're wrong, because I, I agree with what you're saying about the Bills. At some point, they might need to be able to run the football but you could probably say the same thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers who were terrible at running the ball. Uh, you know, well, Kansas City did have good success against the Bills running the ball, but overall, they're not, I wouldn't call them a running football team. Like a lot of these better teams in the AFC, after maybe Cleveland or Tennessee, they're not really running fo- run first teams. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I do still feel if you have a lot of great parts to your team, you can be a run first team and have success. Uh, the 49ers proved that last year where like, you know, they went to the Super Bowl with Garoppolo being super average. You know what I mean? And like they, they, they beat Aaron Rodgers when they threw the ball seven times in the championship. Right. Game yeah. They ran all over him. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like in terms of the conference, I mean, they do have two big teams. I would like to run the football. It's the Titans and bronze who I do feel the bills are going to go through at some point. The Raiders are a pretty good running team, too. When Jacobs is healthy, they can run the football pretty well. Uh, but that's, I think that's a different point like with, about the defense against the running game. Uh, but I feel what the running game is this. Look, if Josh Allen is still trimming and doing well, I can give a shit about the running game, like you said. Yeah. But, if it's, it's, but if it ends up being he, start, he has a game where maybe a team like finds a way to slow him down, or like I said, the weather becomes an issue. That's when you're going to start going. Okay, where's the running game at? You know what I mean. You miss it. You you you'll start missing it when everyone when Josh Allen is missing his game. Sure. You know other things. You know what I mean. But yes, you're right. Hey, if we played in a damn dome and like we didn't have to worry about that, and we played in a bubble city like Miami, I would be like, yeah, let's let's go run and shoot. You know, we don't need single terrier Zach Moss or. TJ Yeldon or OJ Simpson. We're good. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, I, I get that a lot. And look, I mean, there could come a situation in the playoffs, potentially, hopefully, where weather could be a huge issue. Or maybe for whatever reason, Josh Allen's just not playing well and you're going to need to be able to run the ball. It's not, I'm not saying it's not going to be important, but I'm saying, like, on a week to week basis, my concern about it, like, for an example, the Bills are going to be playing Pittsburgh on Sunday night football. And you can say the same thing about Pittsburgh. I don't think either team's coming in saying, all right, to win this game, we're really going to need to get this running game going. I don't think so. I think they're just going to, they're prepared to sling the ball 40 to 50 times. I think that's going to be the week-to-week plan. Minus, again, you know, horrible weather issues, which at that point, the running game will be a factor, which on the other side of the football, briefly, I want to hit on the defense Monday night because they didn't play particularly well, gave up over 400 yards, but they did have two interceptions, and both were big, especially that one by Trey White in the fourth quarter. Uh, 
I, I'm still, you know, this is not the defense that we've seen the last few years, and I don't know that we're going to see the defense that we've seen the last two years. But, you know, going back to the old days with the bend but don't break, you kind of sort of get the sense that that's what this defense is like. And again, given the firepower of this offense, I kind of feel like, you know, if they're going to get a takeaway or two, then I can live with what I saw Monday night from the defense. You agree? Yeah. I mean, I think the defense, for the most part, I would say over the last, like, what, maybe month, since, like, the Seattle game, I would say I've been okay with them. Like, they definitely don't feel like the same defense it was last year, you know, or even a little bit the year before. But we've talked about this. They're playing better offenses than they did last year. And I think that's a, that's a big issue. But I, I do think they can slow down a team enough to get some turnovers and, you know, to bend but don't break. And that's that's kind of – as long as the offense is kind of carrying the load, that's fine. I, I, I thought, you know, yeah, 400 yards on the box score doesn't look good. They did get a lot of that in garbage time, San Fran, a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, it is a little – it can be a little bit. I mean, look. It's Levi Wallace. Be- Levi Wallace, would, to me, was the big issue. I don't want to say he was terrible – because he got called for a bullshit pass interference penalty in the first quarter. That was a terrible call. He got beat on a long pass. I think it was Brandon Ayuk who caught it. The coverage was good. It was a good throw. But you could see the other team. Uh, this was very prevalent Monday, and it's not the first time we've seen it this year. Other teams are saying, all right, there's Levi Wallace. So, you know, if they're playing the Chiefs and Trey White's on Hill or, you know, other good teams, I, I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head. Like, say if we're playing... Tennessee and Trey White's going to be matched up with AJ Brown. They're going to use Corey Davis. They're just, my point is they're going to keep attacking Levi Wallace. And at some point he's either got to start producing or, and I was going to ask you this, are you a little surprised like Josh Norman? I don't even think he played a snap on defense last night. Levi Wallace was struggling, but yet Sean McDermott or Leslie Frazier, they never went to Josh Norman. I think Dane Jackson might've played one or two snaps and that was it. It was like through thick or thin, they're going to stick with, with Levi Wallace, kind of like they did earlier in the year when we were going to run A.J. Klein out of town, you know, and the, and the Bills showed a lot of confidence in him. It seems like they're doing that with Levi Wallace, but kind of questioning it because I'm not seeing why he should be out there starting at this point. Well, who who are you going to put in? in, I, in I, I, Josh? I'm not a big Josh Norman fan, but, you know, you did sign him to a one-year, $6 million deal, and I'd like to see what he could do, it, at least if Levi Wallace is going to get beat again. He was getting bullied on Monday night. They were going after him every play. I'm not one of those, Levi Wallace is the worst. He sucks. I get it. Every football team is not going to have 11 positions of strength on when they're out there in the field. There's going to be a weakness. He's that weakness. But if he's going to be a weakness and get exposed, I'd like to at least see someone else get a chance to make some plays. To me, he was, he was the weak link of this defense without question on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, he he didn't he didn't have his better game, but I don't think he's been as horrific this season. I I think he's played better than like what indicated against the Forty Niners. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think you can put someone else. Really, what, you're gonna put in Dwayne Jackson or whatever the hell that one guy is who you know had a couple of like you know he had a pick before where he's playing like a few snaps a game. Uh, you know, I I don't know. Like, I think this is this is what, who brought them to the dance. I do anticipate the Bills probably addressing the second corner back, you know, issue next year. Maybe even the third, probably get even more depth there because 
you know, you talked about this before, Pat, like, you know, they didn't address it really in the offseason. No, not, not, beyond, I, not I, beyond Josh Norman. They didn't, no. Yeah, and I think they will this year. But, like, overall, look, I, I, I was fine with it, the defense. I, look, give me some turnovers. If you can get teams to, like, 20, like, 17 or 24 points, I'm cool with that. Uh, if, if you, if you, if you're getting some turnovers, great, obviously. I mean, you're only going to go as far as the offense, you know, brings you to the table. I don't, it's interesting, like going forward with their schedule. I don't feel like they're going to have regular season wise that many issues, you know, in terms of like, there is no, to me, Russell Wilson coming up or like, you know, an MVP candidate quarterback until the playoffs, obviously, but for the regular season. You know, I, I'm not I'm not too scared about these quarterbacks they're about to face. Not even Big up. Ben on Sunday night? Nope. I <laughs> think I'm not – I don't know what it is, man. I, I, I feel – I don't want to say, like, Pittsburgh. Like, you know, I always hate when, like, a team loses. And this typically happens on Bill's Twitter. A team loses, and it's like, they're a joke. The Bills can destroy them. <laughs> and I'm usually like, okay, they you can't win every fucking game. So I know Pittsburgh – you know, they they lost to Washington, not exactly a sexy team. You know, they're pretty bad, actually, or not very good. But Pittsburgh, for, like, most of this year, I have not, I, I'm sold on their defense. I'm not sold on their offense. I think Ben is very much, he's like dink and dunk Ben now. Like, he's just dinking the, I don't think he's really, he attempted, like, 50 passes against uh, Washington, and he barely got over 300 yards passing. Like, barely. Yeah, I you mean. Know, for 50, Six of their 11 wins this year were by seven points or less. So I don't think they were ever quite, I don't think they were the best team in the NFL. I think that's been the Chiefs the whole year. Are you a little bit disappointed though that Pittsburgh lost? Because to me, it would have been a little more fun. Not that it'll mean any more or any less, but it would have been nice to see Pittsburgh come to Orchard Park at at 12 and 0 instead of 11. You don't give a shit? I don't give a shit because you know why? They, They win on Sunday. And if you give a shit, they'll be what? They'll be the second seed. Because they'll they'll have the head the head against Pittsburgh. But well, they'd I, still I, they'd still be a game behind them, but I mean they could catch them if if it ends okay, up in right. a tie. But yeah, stupid, stupid hell Mary. But yeah, but like maybe the, they'll only be a like game behind them. Like no, I I don't I didn't need that like jerk off moment of like oh my god we ended their streak. Like no, I I don't care for that. Yeah, they're not going like, to get any more love by beating Pittsburgh, even if they were undefeated. Then they're going to be if they beat them at eleven and one, or that they're getting you know, on Tuesday morning all over the place after looking so impressive on on Monday Night Football. And and you know what? It's fun to glamorize and sensationalize Josh Allen and how good the Bills looked on national TV. But at the end of the day, just like it was four months ago, dude, it's all about one thing and one thing only, and that's winning the division. At the end of the day, the only team in the AFC that Bills fans should really care about right now is Miami. You know, they're 8-4. and They're one game back, but Miami's been playing jump teams for the last month, and that changes this week. So each team's got four games left, and Miami is playing Kansas City this week. Then they're at home against New England, but then they're at Vegas, and then they end up the season, of course, at Buffalo, where conversely the Bills got Pittsburgh on Sunday night. Then they're at Denver the following Saturday afternoon, and then they're at New England on Monday night, and they're at home against Miami. Advantage Buffalo for sure. And yeah. You know, put it this way. I, I was looking at tie-breaking scenarios. If the Bills either beat New England on the road or if New England beats Miami, the Bills would win any tiebreaker against Miami, which could matter for that last week. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about 
being better than Miami. And I really think, even though they're only one game back, I think the Bills are in really, I mean, Miami being only one game back. I think the Bills are in really, really good shape going in this last month. Yeah, no, I, I agree with. I'm actually a little bit more scared about playing New England in New England than playing Miami in Buffalo, you know, for me. I don't know why it is that case. I feel New England's been a little bit better as of late, obviously. You know, since I think since they lost to the Bills, I think they're like 4-1 and one or something like that. And, uh, you know, they, they're, I don't know, maybe it's like the ghost of New England kind of messing with my head. But I, I'm kind of, a, I, it's interesting to see what happens with Miami. They've had some good moments this year, but they, they seem really all over the place with the quarterback, whether it's like Fitz or Tua. And like, I, I don't even, I haven't really, I haven't kept up on like what, what's going, been going down. Like, like, you know, and they, they barely beat the, barely beat the Bengals and the Bengals are like down to their second string quarterback on Sunday. So yeah, I, I don't, it, it, it's so weird because you're right. They're only a game behind us, but I feel like the division's in the, in the bag, which I guess this is like, you know, you talk about like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop at some point. I mean, it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Josh Allen's good. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, you know, fuck Miami. Yeah, they're only a game back. I, we got this. You so, know, do you know what could be interesting? Potentially, at least. So let's say the Bills are playing Miami in week 17. And let's just say that the Bills are going to have their division locked up and they're not going to win. The, they're not going to win the top seed. I mean, they already lost to Kansas City plus or two games back. Kansas City would basically have to go winless over the last month. That's not going to happen. So let's say the Bills got nothing to gain by winning in terms of winning the AFC East because they already did it. But your first thought would be like, all right, well, let's rest some starters because they'll have a playoff game the following week. You already know it's going to be at home because they win the division. But here's the thing. If they finish second in the division, that would guarantee them a second round, not just a, a first round home playoff game, but a second round home playoff game as well. So if the Bills had a chance, even if they can't win the top seed, if they clinch the division and they play Miami in week 16, and let's say they beat Pittsburgh, let's say they're one game back of Pittsburgh going into week 17 and they would win a tie. I don't think the Bills would rest their starters because if they can get as high as two, that would give them. So if two beat seven and three beat six in the second round, it would be one versus four. And, you know, two versus three, the Bills could be have two home games for the playoffs. I think that's enough to not rest starters. Yeah, but Do you agree? We, no, because I just don't think, I don't think home field advantage is that big of a deal, Pat, without fans. I think it's really a bigger, well. I think it's, a, I agree with you. And last time we talked, you made a great point that the weather is more important than the home game for, especially for a team like the Bills. I think while me and you think that way, I think the organization as a whole, without having to travel, being at home, I think that matters to them a lot more than we think it does. Well, what's the alternative? They would have to go to Pat. Where would they go to? They would go to Pittsburgh. They're down the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for that second round, like they wouldn't go to, I don't think they would go to Kansas City because they would be a third seed probably. You know, if I'm, if I'm, 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 well, let me, let me rework this question to you then. Instead of asking you what you would do, what do you think Sean McDermott would do? If the Bills have a chance, they already got the division locked up, but they can't get the top seed, but they can finish two and be guaranteed, assuming they win their first home playoff game, a second one. Do you think that that's enough for Sean McDermott to say, I'm not resting Josh Allen. I'm not resting Diggs or Milano or Edmonds or anybody. And I'm, playing to win this game so we can lock up the number two seed. Do you think that he's going to 
approach it as no. that way. I, I, I mean, look, he rested guys last year. Uh, I know, obviously, the, the, the seating was already set at that point. Uh, I think he is more of, the, of, of a, hey, I'm going to rest my guys. So you think he'd rather go on the road potentially in round two? By the way, and I'm jumping way ahead. They got a lot of sure. work to do to win their first game at home. But you think he's he's saying to himself, it's more important to get my guys rest, even if it means we might have to go on the road in round two, as opposed to being home for rounds one and two? Uh, it's a tough one, Pat. I don't think I mean, he would. I don't think he would. I think I know you would. I think I would consider it. I don't think Sean McDermott operates. So I don't think he would do that. I think he would play the try to get that two seed well, you know, because you know because if that because if that one seed happens to lose either of those first two games and the Bills kept winning, that they might end up playing all three games at home and get into the Super Bowl. Sounds crazy to say, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's we're we're a ways away from that. I I mean, if it's one if one is in play, like definitely he's going to play guys because you get the bye week. Uh, and he'll definitely play them if the division is at stake. Like, obvious. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. even need to say it, but if, they're, if there's something to play for from Miami in, ter- in regards to the division, then the starters definitely play. I think I think if they have a chance to get to two, I think they play. If they're locked into three or four, then I think Josh Allen and, and a bunch of guys sit, which will suck because you're a stat guy. I want them to have something to play for in week 17. I like numbers. I like historical references and looking back and I'd like to see Josh Allen rewrite the record book and I'd like to see Stefan Diggs break all of Molds' records and, and smash the record book. So I, I hope that they have something to play for in week 17. Do you hope they got something to play for or you have the mindset that hey we got this division wrapped I really don't give a shit about these numbers and historical I don't give a shit about these numbers. I don't <laughs> give a shit about these. and I'm gonna t- again I I'm going back to my point about the Jim Kelly stuff from before. These numbers are so like I feel they're all going to get broken eventually because the, the league has grown leaps and bounds bounds when it comes to passing that it's more of a byproduct of the bills being off for the last 20 years for why these records haven't been broken. And I do feel that they're going to get broken soon enough, you know, by next year, Diggs will break the record probably if he doesn't break Moldes record and he's going to break Moldes catch record. I mean, he needs like 10 more and that's it. You know, I'm pretty sure he's going to get that over the next, three weeks or whatever sure. before the bye. And then, like, Josh Allen, like, yeah, he needs, what, 20? He's at 27 touchdowns, he said? Uh, he's at 26 right now. And just for historical records, the record's 33 touchdowns in a year. So Yeah, Kelly, 91, he had that. Uh, you know, I think hopefully he'll break that. But no, I don't – it doesn't – because these records, to me, aren't that big of a deal because the era of Bills football is so pathetically sad, to be honest with you. Like, I know that sounds very shitty to say, but it just is. It's not like you're not – you're chasing, you're chasing like, the all-time scoring lead, lead for your team if you're, like, the, I don't know, the Washington Wizards. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, yeah, they had, like, maybe one good player in their history, and I don't even know who that is. Who would that be? Bernard King? You know, and then that's it. Like, okay, like, congrats. You just beat a, a bunch of shitty people were ahead of you, and you beat one guy that was decent. So, I don't know. It doesn't it – doesn't, I, I don't care about the record things because again, Pat, I, when I do my, my cool fun stats of going through like, you know, pro football reference, I never look up X player comparing the bills player to their team record. I just yeah, don't. It's fair I to say that. I just don't. I'll do it maybe sometimes with defense. Cause I feel like the bills defense over the last 20 years has been okay. 
as a whole, like, you know, they've been better than the offense, like from like 2000 to, to 2018, probably, you know, but yeah, I, I'd rather compare it to now. So do you, you want know. to hear something nuts? Now, again, I, I'm going against what you just said, literally by comparing shit to the past, but this kind of shows you how inept a lot of Buffalo Bills quarterback in history has been. Like I said, Josh Allen still got a month to play. He's at 26 touchdowns. And he's already tied with Joe Ferguson for the second most in team history. And you look at Jim Kelly, man, four straight Super Bowls, undisputably the best quarterback in this franchise's history, first ballot Hall of Famer. And I sit there and look at his stats. Dude, he only had one season in his career where he had more touchdown passes in a year than Josh Allen does right now. He had 33 touchdowns back in 91. His next highest touchdown seasons, 25, 24, 23, and 3 at 22. It's weird because you think of Jim Kelly and you're like, oh my God, lighting it up, lighting it up. He didn't really throw a lot of touchdowns, man. 25 is his second most ever. It's crazy. Well, it's it's that's why, you know, it's about the era that he was in. Right. It was not a wild, wild west. That's why when that one there's that one WGR guy, I, I think it's Joe DiBiase, whatever. He always tweets about how much he hates Troy Aikman, basically, and he uses like, look at how many Ryan Fitzpatrick has more touchdowns than Troy Aikman. It's because Troy Aikman played in a completely different era. That's what it was. Like you have to compare what Jim Kelly did in that era of like how many touchdowns did he have from eighty seven to ninety seven or right. eighty six to ninety seven. I am sure he's in the top four at that point, like of his life, you know, from when he played same with Troy Aikman. I'm, I'm sure if you compare Troy Aikman, where he's standing the all time list from 88 to 2001 or whatever the hell it was when he retired, he's probably in the top 10, you know, of all time, the, or, or even not just all time, but probably in that era, you know, that's how you compare. If you, if you really want to know if a guy is good or not, you know, cause obviously some idiot can like look at Jim Kelly's numbers and be like, well, fuck his numbers aren't that good. You know, in comparison to today's NFL, of course, that's, yes, you're right. You know, but, but because you have to look at what he was, where he ranked in that era com- and combined. Like, when he retired, where was his numbers in comparison to his peers in history and also during the era that he played? That's how you know. It's very simple. So, you know, I, I it, it's just it just wasn't that way for the Bills, Pat. It was not, they, they, they were like a 50-50 run-pass ratio, which, funny enough, I'm sure if you look at the attempts, they were probably in the top five for attempts during that era, I would say. You know, the only teams I remember that passed a lot during that time frame were like the 49ers passed a lot with Montana and Young. And Houston used to pass all the fucking time with Warren Moon because they ran the, the run and shoot offense, basically. Well, I'll tell you, you, know. you this. I'm looking real quick and leaders through 1990. All right. So through the year 1990, there were only... 11 quarterbacks who threw for more than 30 touchdowns in a season ever in the history of the NFL before 1990. Now, obviously that number changed. So yeah, I mean, that makes a little more sense in context to why, you know, Jim Kelly is, you know, his numbers don't sound that impressive. They were actually still relatively high compared to most during, uh, that era. But anyway, all right, so enough about that. And I don't real quick. And it's, it's like, again, even when you compare the bills, like, I know it's very cheek to, like, you know, oh, like, this this team reminds me of the 90s Bills. First, I, I, I there's nothing really – I don't think of this team currently – there's nothing in common with the 90s Bills. Well, 
maybe not. Well, I would say there is in one regards. It's fun to watch them play offense. You know, maybe sure. I'm not talking about like what kind of offense or what the numbers look like. But in the 90s, when the Bills were on offense, I got excited when they would come out. And okay. right now with this team right now, when they get the ball, I like watching them. Like for an example, real quick here, near the end of the first half on Monday night, they started like their own 15-yard line or some shit like that. And they had less than a minute left. And I was, I felt like they were going to try to move the ball and, and score. And they did. They kicked the field goal before the half. It's fun to watch this team play. So in that regards, I think it's a fair comparison. If you're talking about X's and O's and numbers, then no. But. Yeah, if, if you want to say like at an entertainment level, yes, like the offense. But I'm just talking about like the way the teams are built. This yeah. is a pass-first fucking team. That team in the 90s was a balanced attack. The defense in the 90s was much – I in that Super Bowl era, I thought was much better. I mean, there's like four – like Hall of – there's like – what you know, Bruce Smith was would, – would, I love Jerry Hughes, but Bruce Smith would crush Jerry Hughes. I think Cornelius Bennett was better than, you know, Ed Oliver or whoever. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's, just, it's always – I always whenever I always just roll my eyes whenever we do a comparison to the 90s Bills. I just do. I, I think it's it's very it's, – it's, it's, it's just very easy – I don't want to say clickbait, but it's very easy to get, like, the boomer crowd to be like, ooh, like that. I'm just like – Eh, yeah, all right. You know, like, it's thirty years later. I mean, let's. It's a different era. I know that era makes us all feel good, but like, it's just move on. I don't know how many teams. I don't know how many people. Like, if if when Dax Prescott does well, is like the Dallas people, like the media going, look at Dax Prescott. Let's 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 bring up Troy Aikman and compare him to him, or you know, it, you know, this wide receiver to Des to Michael Irving or anything like that. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I I I don't I follow the Giants from afar, not really from afar, but like I hardly see people being like Eli Manning. He was like Phil Sims, like he's comparison to him. Like you know what I mean? It's just uh, I don't know. I, I think it's that's kind of overdone cliche and yeah. But I know it does, it does resonate with people. I do know that like people do like that. I just think it's corny. Yeah, and like I said, to keep perspective and stats at that time, I talk of Jim Kelly's career high thirty three touchdowns. Not seeming like all that much, but at the time when he threw for 33 touchdowns, it was actually tied for the sixth most most in NFL history at that time. So anyway, before I let you go, I do got to ask you. So it's Tuesday. I saw a report today that the NHL season, the Buffalo Sabres, uh, the season is going to be starting January 13th. And word on the street is they're going to play a 56 game uh Regular season. What's your level of excitement when it comes to that? Zero, my hero. Zero. (laughs) We'll talk about that maybe at another time. I know you didn't. Yeah, get Chris Baker on. If you want to talk about that shit, I have no. (laughs) I'll watch an illegal feed maybe here and there, but I don't. I don't have any excitement. All right, man. Give him a follow. Hey, real quick, because we're we. I finished Shit's Creek. I just like to say I liked the show a lot. It was really good. I know you you talked about it before. I liked it. It was very good. It was very good. I'll tell you what, because Aaron's watching it too. I keep saying this over and over. I got to get both you guys on. I got to figure out the technology aspect of it. Oh, God. And I got to get you guys on at the same time. So when we're done fighting about Bills and stats and Bill's Twitter, we could have a, a, a nice three-way conversation about uh, Shit's Creek. We'll do that another time, though. Everyone out sure. there, give Joe a follow on Twitter, at Buffalo Wins. Sooner or later, he will be unsuspended and uh, tweeting some yeah. wonderful feel, stuff feel, again. 
Yeah, feel free to like start a hashtag like free buffalo wins. Okay. Like I think that's what you need to do, Pat, when you post this podcast. Like free free buffalo wins. Because I can't I can't even retweet this this podcast, dude. I mean you're you you're gonna have to get all the the, the hits on your own, buddy. All right, that is going to do it for today's episode. Very big thank you again, my buddy Joe. Give him a follow on Twitter at Buffalo Wins. Always like having him on the show. Guys, girls, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead and do that right now. Rate and review really helps me continue to grow this show. Of course, give me a follow on Twitter at Pat Moran Tweets. I'm constantly tweeting out podcast updates, promos, polls, all kinds of stuff there. Thank you very much very much for listening. I say it all the time. I know how many good podcasts are out there. So when you're locked into this one, does not go unnoticed for me. It means a lot. So thank you very much. Stay safe. Have a good week. I'll be back with another brand new show on Friday.